Okay, perfect. Um, so I'm just gonna do like a little introduction and then we can start. Right. Okay. Um, so hi everyone, welcome to a portrait podcast. Um, this is where I interview veterans and their family members, try to learn more about their stories and their experiences growing up as Asian Americans. Um, usually I interview World War II veterans or their family members, but today I have someone very special. Um, he actually presented many World War II veterans with the Congressional Gold Medal, and he is a veteran himself. So General Wong, if you don't mind, could you give us a brief introduction of yourself? Sure thing, Melody, and uh, thanks again for this opportunity. Uh, you're doing some great work and keep up, keep it up. Uh, you know, I was born and raised in Southern California. Um, my father and mother both immigrated from mainland China after World War II uh, in the early 50s. Um, um, my grandfather was actually a three-star general in the uh, Chinese Nationalist Army. And that was on my dad's side. And then on my mother's side, uh, my grandfather was a railroad, railroad executive for the government. Um, so they, their, their history kind of played a part in, in my upbringing. Now, during my relatively normal childhood, and I don't think it was anything special compared to everybody else's. Um, but I do remember my father always talking about uh, my or his father's service to the nation as a military officer, and then about the need to be resilient and adaptable in the face of life's um, uncertainty, because my dad had a lot of challenges growing up. He moved around a lot because of the war and then because of the circumstances after the communists um, took uh, governance of China, uh, which made him come to the U.S. Uh, but he always advised that as a Chinese American, we needed to kind of work harder than our peers uh, because he felt we always start out with a little bit of a disadvantage based on race. And that no matter what we did, uh, we needed to set a good example because we do represent other Chinese Americans. So we don't want to do anything to disparage our, our image. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that you and, have yeah. like- Go ahead. Like a, yeah, I love you have like a history with the military. I think that's really cool. Right, It. Um, I, I think it influenced my dad for sure. And then he sort of passed that on to us. Um, you know, he always, like I said, he, he wanted us to be the best uh, no matter what we did, just try as hard as you can to be the best. You don't have to be the best, but he he always um, emphasized effort in what we did. Um, I did okay. I did well in school, I guess. I have to admit that. Um, I did various sports. I participated in Boy Scouts. I got, got the Eagle Scout Award, as did my other two brothers. And then uh, was fortunate to rise to general officer rank in the Army. Now, I wasn't the first Chinese-American. Uh, There's several people who who were general officers or flag officers uh, before me as Chinese Americans, but I can say I was the first dental corps officer in any of the services to be promoted to general officer. Um, my mom contributed to my upbringing. Uh, she was the more compassionate one, like most moms. Dad was the disciplinarian and provided that guidance in terms of business uh, professional uh, direction. Um, but my mom always said, you know, be considerate of others and take into account the, the human nature side of uh, side of things. 
Uh, been married for 37 years, have three children, two sons and a daughter. Only one went into the military as an engineer officer, one of my sons. Uh, nobody went in to be a dentist or a doctor. The One's a medical researcher and my daughter's looking to be a lawyer. So cool. that's kind of my life in a nutshell. Hmm, that's really cool. Um, so I know you were also handed the role in presenting the Congressional Gold Medal to veterans. Um, so mm -hmm. I was just wondering, like, how did that come about? Could you just tell us like, like why you were handed that opportunity? Yeah, as a, in my career, I was able to connect with a couple of retired Chinese American general officers, uh, Generals Chen, uh, Chen and, uh, and General Lee, and they both were um, involved with the, the uh, Congressional Gold Medal Act or the initiative to get the Congressional Gold Medals awarded to Chinese-American World War II veterans. It was actually initiated by a gentleman named Ed Gore, who's based out of Houston, by the way. Oh. And uh, th through his uh, connection with the Chinese-American Citizens Alliance organization, they're the ones that got this uh, passed by Congress. But it, once it was passed, it was decided that Chinese-American uh, military senior military officers would be the ones that would actually uh, hand them out to veterans or their family members. So uh, through that connection, they invited me to participate in that part of it. And that's handing out the, uh, the replica gold medals. Oh yeah, that's cool. Um, so why do you think like the award itself is, um, I guess, really important because um, I actually um, contacted uh, Miss LCC2 and her daughter mm -hmm. and interviewed her. Um, and I know like it means like a lot to these families. So um, like, why did you um, think that it's like a really worthy thing to do? I, you know, this generation, I mean, the Chinese American World War II veterans, I think reflect the veterans uh, World War II veterans in general, in that, you know, they felt it was uh, their duty, their call to duty to serve the nation and protect, protect it and protect democracy across across the the world. Um, but you know, once that was done, then it was just get back to business and live your life. So um, I think it was typical of Chinese American. World War II veterans that really make a big deal of their service. So I think this recognition, um, long overdue, uh, highlights the contributions of this group of, uh, of, uh, of U.S. Uh, and I say citizens, but I say that loosely, and I'll mention it why, or I'll explain why later. But, you know, this group did um, volunteer to a certain extent uh, to serve their nation. Um, or the nation, in spite of the prejudices of uh, discriminatory laws and behavior during that time. Um, you know, for me, it was just really personally rewarding to recognize a group of people who need that uh, recognition. Um, and then it, it was a way to give back because through their, you know, their dedicated services and sacrifices, it paved the way for Chinese Americans like myself to then be successful in the military. You know, over 20,000 Chinese Americans 
served, it's estimated, served during World War II. Uh, it included males and females. And they served in all branches of the services. So Army, Navy, Merchant Marines, Coast Guard, uh, Marines, etc. They served in all theaters of war and in all types of units. And that's something unique to the Chinese-American World War II veterans. Um, not None of the other ones could can make that kind of a claim. And, you know, they, they can claim... Uh, at least one Medal of Honor winner, multiple silver stars, and other awards for valor. So they prove uh, what Chinese Americans are capable of doing and just demonstrated that as a, a group of Americans, you know, we'll stand up and and um, do our part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and by the way, your background's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's It was... It's just, uh, you know, to me, it helps kind of maybe generate uh, discussion, but, you know, it, it just shows what has shaped me as a Chinese-American citizen, Chinese-American veteran. So. Yeah, cool. Um, and then I would like to ask you, like, in your experience, have you ever come across any, like, veterans or family members that you uh, maybe, like, started talking to? Do you like personally know any of them or are there like any stories that are very memorable to you? So from my personal life, I mean, I, my uncle I knew served uh, as a uh, Navy executive chef. He actually was the personal chef for uh, an admiral in the Navy. Um, he did not see any combat, but he talked about life on a, on a uh, aircraft carrier. So that was kind of interesting. Um, and then I met a, a friend of his who was a um, army s uh, soldier, a sergeant, uh, but he didn't really talk much about his his service. Um, the the two people that I probably know more about, but they weren't really working for military, you know, the U.S. military, was my fa grandfather, who was the uh, three star in the Chinese Nationalist Army. But my dad would talk about the different campaigns and battles that he was uh, associated with uh, during the fight against the Japanese. And then on my mom's side, uh, my grandfather was a railroad executive and he helped the allies through uh, rail support and assistance, probably moving, moving soldiers, personnel, as well as supplies. And he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom for his contributions. So from that standpoint, but I mean, those are folks that I, I, I personally was connected to, but then I met two interesting either uh, individuals or, I mean, one individual and then the family of another. And it's because they're dentists that I really remember their stories. But uh, one individual, Dr. Herbert Yee out of Sacramento, he um, served um, towards the end of the World War II, but then became a dentist. Um, and then rose to prominence as a dental professional and a leader within his community and within several professional dental organizations. And then uh, another gentleman, Dr. George Poy, he was a navigator for a uh, B-24 bomber, flew 27 missions in the Pacific uh, before and then the war ended, but he went on to be a chemical engineer, very successful. And uh, his, his son is a, uh, as a dentist in Michigan. So that's kind of how I kind of re remember them. 
the thing that really resonates with me is they demonstrated, uh, you know, that the honor and, and dedication to serve their country during World War II, but it didn't stop there. They then transitioned back into the civilian sector, became successful and uh, contributing citizens to this, to this great nation. So um, it's just, you know, a, a life, um, a life, an entire life of, of helping others um, that sort of is, is like a key factor that I kind of just heard repeatedly with all the different um, uh, veterans or their families uh, as they told stories of what the parent did and, and what they did after they got out. Yeah. Yeah. That's really amazing. Um, and I had like no idea that your whole family was so involved with the military, but that is also like really cool. Um, and then now I would like to shift gears a little bit. Um, I would like to talk about like uh, more of your experience, I guess. Um, so growing up, do you remember like any major events that happened that maybe affected the relationship between like China and America? Well, I mean, growing up, um, my dad would always comment about how the Chinese government, the communist government, sort of um, in his mind um, was not a good thing for the country or for the you know Chinese people. So he was always very critical, um, and, you know, based on their background and, and the fact that he had uprooted, I could understand that. Uh, and then, you know, you, you hear about the, the establishment of diplomatic relationships with China in the seventies and, and then a lot of um, trade and, and exchange. So that, you know, initially I think the communist China thing probably hurt the image of Chinese to a certain extent, but I, I think people recognize that there was a difference between the Chinese Americans in the country and, and, the communist Chinese uh, in China. And then as the uh, relationships between the countries uh, improved, you know, you get a sense that people got a better understanding of, of Chinese and the culture and the history. And I think relationships improved uh, from that standpoint. Um, but, but then being in the military, um, we look at how we're trying to defend our, our nation and then the growth um, of China, their economy, their military strength, uh, create uh, concern that will they become too strong and become a you know uh, a threat or peer competitor. So um, I think that kind of affects the perceptions of Chinese Chinese Americans here in the U.S. because. You know, when you look at what happened during uh, the pandemic, when people are thinking there was some Chinese uh, responsibility to the pandemic, which you know, I, I still don't know what the the re the real answer is, and then the the tensions being created uh, in the South China Sea and with Taiwan, I think it just gives um, ammo to people who want to uh, demonize Chinese Americans or Asians in general, it just gives them opportunities to do that. 
Um, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I like, I definitely haven't um, experienced a whole lot in my lifetime, but um, I know like from my personal standpoint about like how the pandemic kind of affected um, the way like Asian Americans were perceived and like you definitely hear those stories um, about like hate crimes and things committed against us. Um, so um, have you or like anyone you know been discriminated against because you were like Chinese American, either like in the military or like outside? So personally, I, the only memories of sort of being discriminated against was probably in junior high, high school, you know, during the Vietnam War, you know, people who were, I would just say they're uneducated in that sense of, of culture would call me a gook or a chink. You know, it's just the typical, you know, schoolyard type abuse kind of a thing or name calling. Uh, but, you know, in school or uh, in the dental profession or within the army, I really didn't experience what I would consider overt prejudice or discrimination because, you know, those professions, the army organizations, military in general, you know, you're judged on who you are, your character, and by your actions and performance, not by how you look. Yeah, I mean, there'll still be pockets and incidences of, of discriminatory um, activity, but it's 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 really the exception and not the rule, because you know, especially in the in the military, you, you have to trust your we call them battle buddies, the people on your left and your right, whether you're training for for deployments or in, or in actual deployments. So it doesn't matter who, the color of the mm -hmm. skin the religion or the, you know, those, those factors, it's based on, can you trust them to do their job? So for me, not, not an issue. Now I, I grew up with stories of, you know, from my dad, um, you know, he experienced uh, prejudice in college. He went to a school in, in Idaho and, you know, he was told like he couldn't date the uh, local white female students because the families didn't want a Chinese person dating them so and uh you know trying to uh, get ahead in the re research um, profession after he got a school he found it was difficult as a Chinese there was discrimination there and trying to get housing at the time renting apartments or buying a house uh, a lot of resistance there so um yeah he, he felt it more directly and I think that shaped his viewpoints on uh, discrimination and how as Chinese Americans, we had to work harder to overcome that uh, and just be able to, to, through our actions, show that uh, we're as good as anybody else. And they had a friend, uh, actually a fairly well-known individual named Dr. Sammy Lee. He was a uh, physician in the Southern California area, but he was also an Olympic gold medalist. And, you know, he, he heard stories of him, you know, he couldn't go to the, um, he couldn't use the, swim, the community swimming pool except one day a week. And that's when all the mi minorities could use the pool, but you couldn't get into the pool with um, other white patrons, so to speak. 
and it's the day that they would then drain the pool and clean it. So, um, so in order to practice to be a diver, they, they, they built like a pit and filled it with sand and they would learn to dive and then land into a sand pit um, because they, that, that was the only thing available to them. So just hearing those kinds of stories really made me think that uh, I was lucky not to have to, to uh, endure those kinds of uh, prejudices. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that definitely sounds horrible, having to dive into sand. Um, and I also feel like it's very interesting because I feel like in some ways, like Asian Americans were like looked down upon. And then like also in some other ways, or like, I guess more recently, there has been like the model minority myth um, where um, like, I guess we're looked upon as being like the best in like grades, school and things like that. Um, so I feel like there has been like a divide in what people think about it because some think like, oh, it. I guess it's praising us because it's saying like our hard work paid off. But then some other people also see it as um, they're like categorizing um, all Asian Americans into this tiny box when like not, I guess, people are different and not like everyone should be categorized into something. So do you have like any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think it's human nature that people want to categorize people. It, it gives them a sense of order. So yeah, when it comes to the Chinese Americans, Asians in general, yeah, the perception that you know, we study hard, we work hard, we uh, don't make trouble, um, I think there's validity to it. I mean, culturally, those are characteristics that, you know, when you look into the history of of, of Chinese history, uh, not only in the U.S., but in the in uh, back in back in China, you know, those are things that people had to do or tried to do to get ahead. Um, and then, you know, the, the filial kind of uh, obedience uh, respecting authority, whether it's the family or the the community or the government. I mean, those are kind of in, inculcated within our culture. Um, and that's a good thing in, in certain respects, uh, because, we, you know, people would say, oh, yeah, you know, this Chinese American is going to work hard and they'll be loyal and they'll listen well. Um, but then there's there's negative perceptions too. It's like, you know, we're, we're too timid. We won't take initiative. We're too, you know, too uh, passive in, in a sense, which to me, it, not in those, um, you know, I don't think we're that way in, in the negative sense. It, it, I think it, it aligns with, you know, we, we, we tend to follow authority, but uh, I think we have to learn to challenge it when we need to and stand up for ourselves so and then when we do that then all of a sudden it becomes an issue why, why are the chinese you know getting uh you know uh rebellious so to speak so yeah i think through continued education and getting to know people i think these stereotypes will will eventually break down and, and go away yeah and then so like what do you think 
I guess the general American public can do in regard to maybe these stereotypes in order to ensure better equality for like Chinese or Asian Americans? I think it's just this continuous um, effort to educate people. Because um, to me, a lot of prejudice just stems from ignorance. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, people that are prejudiced against Chinese probably never even met one, you know, <laughs> uh, until yeah. they maybe did something against one. But, you know, I, I think just um, efforts that you're doing to um, increase awareness of who the Chinese Americans are, where they put their history back in China are, their cultures, their customs, and how that affects uh, the current day Chinese Americans um, is is probably the, to me, the best way of doing it. And then highlight like you're doing the, the contributions of Chinese Americans, whether they're prominent ones, you know, you, you look in government, all, there's there's a lot more Chinese Americans in in the U.S. government or in the military, but you know just everyday citizens who are through their own um, way contributing to the image, a positive image of Chinese Americans in business, in healthcare, uh, community service. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that is definitely like my goal i guess for this project that i'm doing i'm really just hoping to like highlight um, the contributions of chinese americans and just spread awareness um so on that note um how do you think i could like better achieve my goal of cementing the place of asian americans in american society um so like right now I'm trying to like paint portraits of World War II veterans. Um, and then I'm also trying to like donate them to their hometown, like maybe like their libraries or their schools. Um, and obviously like doing these interviews and also making like a website with all that information. So if you have any suggestions, I would love to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like your angle of, uh, of of including sort of an art art perspective to to this initiative. So you're going beyond just telling a story and and you know, doing these interviews. You're adding the artwork piece. So uh, just keep that up. Um, you know. Uh, through whether it's sculpture, paint, drawings, whatever, music, um, maybe expand that piece to get more um, interest in your efforts. Um, and uh, as you expand your interview um, uh, base um, or number of interviews that you're doing with people, uh, maybe get out and try and record some of those activities that you're doing uh, so that people can see what what you're doing with other Chinese American uh, citizens. And then connect it to a larger social media platforms. I don't know if you're doing Instagram or I'm not a social media person by any means. I, 
I'd leverage my the knowledge and skill sets of my my daughter, but uh, you know, Instagram or um, um, I guess Twitter or Facebook, and and then LinkedIn too, because uh, that way you can connect to Chinese Americans who are in that business sectors, whether it's you know just about any all any and all business sectors. Um, that will expand your pool of potential people you could interview. Yeah. Yeah, I love those suggestions. Definitely, like, I would love to expand, like, the social media aspect. I'm currently, like, trying to build an Instagram account. Um, I just <laughs> haven't had really a lot of time to do it. But, yeah, those are definitely some things that I would um, have in my mind. Um, and then, finally, do you have any things you would like to say to, like, younger generations of um, like Asian Americans like myself? Yeah, I mean, sort of like what my dad tell, told me, and that is um, don't, don't forget the roots that you came from because, you know, your history, your family connections, they in part define who you are or who we are, you know? So you don't have to adhere to everything the past has, but learn about the past, learn about your relatives, the journey that the relatives took to get here. And you'll appreciate, I, I think it helps you appreciate the struggles that folks before us had to go through and how it made it better uh, in a way for all of us. Um, and then, you know, work hard, stand up for yourself when needed, uh, Always maintain your character, your integrity, and uh, no matter what you decide to do in life, uh, give back to society because we're not just islands of individuals. We belong to a community and, um, you know, we're all going to benefit in some sense from other people's work. So we need to give back to help those who follow us to, to have a, a better life or a better experience as well. And then just, yeah. you know, enjoy. It's mm -hmm. not all work. You have to balance it with some, with some fun things too. Yeah, I really love that. And then just before you go, are there like any other veterans that I might be able to interview or do drawings on, if you know any? Yeah, um, I would definitely put you in contact with the, the individuals that... Uh, kicked off this Chinese American World War II veteran recognition project. Um, Ed Gore, he's, uh, I think he, he was an engineer in his professional life, but um, really took this as a personal journey, a uh, mission to uh, get this congressional gold medal passed. Um, and then Generals Chen and Lee, they both have really interesting backgrounds and they'd be great uh, people to interview. And tell you even more stories of all the veterans. They actually were um, yeah. and, and working with. Yes. Sorry. It was lagging. No worries. But... <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. No problem. Yeah. Um, that sounds great. If you could like, if we could like stay in contact with email, that would be great. So I can like, sure. I guess, have this train of people going. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, other than that, I don't really have anything else. So thank you again for doing this interview with me. And yeah, have a great day. You too. Thanks for the opportunity and uh, good luck with you and best wishes for continued success. Thank Bye -bye. you. Bye.